Hi everyone, uh, thanks for coming along to another episode of Legends of the Spire, great to have you with us. Um, on the podcast today I spoke to Mark Innes. He came to Chesterfield in 2001, him and Mark Allett coming over from Oldham with David Reeves going in the other direction and uh, played about 74 league appearances for us over the three and a bit seasons he was here. Uh, most notably when he was here uh, we had a few relegation escapes. Um, he was involved firstly in the one uh, where we needed to uh, win away at Blackpool on the last day of the season to stay up and we drew but did stay up and then he was part of the squad as well uh, that ended in that amazing uh, Glynhurst last minute goal against Luton um, which is just an incredible match looking back on. Um, I'd like to thank Mark for um, indulging me on wanting to speak about 7-0 defeats, red cards and relegations um, so thanks to Mark for that. Uh, but he must be remembered for us for a good technical player, good left foot, uh, could play midfield and defence. Um, so it was great to have a catch up with him about his time at Chesterfield. He's now running a coaching academy um, for uh, toddlers up to teens. And you can check them out at micacoaching.co.uk. Uh, it's up in the northwest, so uh, if anyone's got any kids around there and want them to be taught by an expirite, there's your chance. Uh, as always, we're at Spire Legends on Twitter and Legends of the Spire on Facebook. Some people have been sending emails as well to legendsofthespireoutlook.com, so uh, please do. We'd love to uh, hear from people, either just about memories uh, or plays you'd like to listen to. Just get in touch. Um, so here we go. Here's our next episode of Legends of the Spire with Mark Innes. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and having a chat. It'd be uh, yeah, it's it's funny really. It's whenever I, whenever I talk to people that played for Chesterfield in like this century, yeah. I always I always kind of assume it was yesterday. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, it's actually twenty years ago. It's actually quite a long time. So yeah, I forgive I you if your memory is hazy about about Chesterfield. It is a little bit, a little bit hazy. Yeah, I've I've not because I've been so busy with one thing or another. I've not had the chance to proper look at things a little bit. So I've just briefly sort of tried to refresh my memory on certain games or certain things that happen. Uh, um, so. it's, usually, it's usually the best way when uh, when you come into a little bit cold. <laughs> we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll do yeah. something out. So, so firstly, I just wanted to get a little bit of uh, background on you before you came to Chesterfield, because you're obviously Scottish and you were born uh, just outside Glasgow, were you? But, but then you ended up at Oldham. So how did that all kind of happen? Uh, yeah, just um, I was at all the sort of clubs in the Premier, Scottish Premier League uh, training with the different clubs each week. Um, but my dad would never let me sign with any club on S form. He always said, when I get to 15 or yeah, 15, I could choose, like, I should be able to choose which way to go because they sort of lock you in and that's it. It's like, if you don't sign for them, then they'll just get rid of you, sort of thing. And my dad just said, Oh, we'll just want to, we'll just going to wait and see, like, when we we'll decide then. So then Oldham Athletic had a scout, um, they've been in the Premier League for a couple of seasons, Oldham. So they had a scout in uh, Scotland. Um, it kind of got like 40 odd players together. Um, and then the coach uh, from Oldham Athletic and the chief scout, um, Jim Castle and Billy Umson, they came up 
sort of every sort of six weeks took a coaching session and then it sort of just got whittled down now from the 40 down to 20 and then down to sort of a 15 where we'd play matches against different teams and then eventually they offered me and another boy Alan Clark um, like a contract to come down the Oldham Athletic who at that time were in the Premier League so even though I was 15 years old and I'd never really been out of my hometown, <laughs> been anywhere else. It was just like, wow, the English Premier League, like, this is amazing. No, I didn't know many lads that had went down to England and I just thought it's a great opportunity. And my dad sort of said to me, look, you've got to go for it. It's a better standard than Scottish football. Um, so just go for it and give it a go. And so that's what I did. I moved down when I was 15 and uh, it was a big, big move. I don't, I don't quite realise how big it is until now. And I've got daughters and I think if my daughter left the house at 15 and moved away, it'd be like, what? Like, I don't think I, I don't think it would happen um, these days at 15 to leave your home and mm. go somewhere else. So, But no, it was a great opportunity. And unfortunately, on my first season there, Oldham had just got relegated from the Premier League. So... Um, they were in the championship for Division One or whatever, and um, they were sort of the best players were moving on. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. Did Did you have like a um, Did you have like a, a surrogate family, like a Diggs then that they that they put you in, or when you went down there? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I moved in with a landlady. Um, I'd better be careful what I say, but sort of old, older women, um, sort of 60, 60 years old, whatever. I don't know if that's old these days, but <laughs> um, and she just had, she had two stray cats, and um, nothing against cats if anybody likes cats, but I don't like cats at all. And these two cats were horrible cats. They were like really scruffy, and one had one eye, and they used to throw up on the floor, and. Um, I was like, it was horrible. And then um, my landlady, was, she was never in. She was always out. So I didn't really see her. And I was left in the house with these two cats. And my dad's like, um, you need to get a water gun, like a water pistol. And just like shoot the cats when they come near you. So I got I bought this water pistol. And whenever they came near me, I just sort of like, shot, shot them a bit of water and they scurried off. But she must have thought when she saw the water pistol in my, in my bedroom, why has he got a water pistol? Like, <laughs> He's a bit old for a water pistol. So... I don't think she realised what I was doing. So, well, good, good character building, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So then you kind of was it about 1999 that you kind of became like an established kind of player? Was it around about that time? I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Neil Warnock uh, gave me my debut when I was 18 away to Burnley FC. Um, so I, I played a couple of games that year, not too many. Um, but then eventually, I think I was 19, I started to get a few games here and there. And then I got a bit of a run in the team. We were really struggling at the time. Andy Ritchie was the manager. And we were basically we were going to get relegated. And he sort of threw me in for the last sort of eight games. And I think we won like five, drew two and lost one. And I was I played probably, like my, probably the best football I've ever played. So I was just like, I was young and didn't have any fear and I just went out and played and uh, played some good football and thankfully we stayed up 
in the last game of the season, I, I managed to score and set up a goal. So that was a great day. And um, that was my first sort of run in the team. And then the next season, I was sort of in and out again, not, not getting a few games here and there. But then the season after, I got a full season um, in the team uh, the year after that. Yeah. And then, so, so eventually you end up at Chesterfield. So it was like 2001. And, yeah. and it was obviously at a time when the club had been through all of the turmoil um, with the uh, ex-chairman um, and then the fans having to take the club over and then people were having to go off the wage bill. So the, the deal that kind of brought you over was, I think, was the deal that took David Reeves over to Oldham. So it was like trying to get him off the wage bill because he was a bit of a higher earner. And you and Mark yeah. Allen came the other way, didn't you? So what? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Always a bit tricky, isn't it? I've, I've spoken to players before when there's been like players involved in deals, and things have gone have gone off because people, one person won't agree to it. It's like a house chain, isn't it? Where some someone pulls out the chain. Was it all pretty right. straightforward in terms of coming over? Um. Oh well, yeah. I mean, Mick Mick Wadsworth had came to the club, and Oldham had just got a new. Um, a new chairman came in and he had a load of money. He was throwing money at the club. And we'd started really well that season. But he, he sort of sacked Andy Ritchie, even though we were like fifth in the league or something. He sacked him, brought Mick Wadsworth in. And then Mick Wadsworth was just bringing in sort of his players that he knew from different clubs and putting them on massive wages. And I think David Reeves was one of the players he used to have at Carlisle when he was there. Um, so I just remember he, he'd said to me that um, Chesterfield had come in for me um, on a loan deal, me and Mark Alec to go there for a month um, and David Reeves was, was going to come the other way, I think. Um, but at the time, I'd been at Oldham for like seven and a half years. The season before, was, I was in another present in the team and I didn't want to, I'll be honest, I didn't want to leave. I was like, well, I, I want to stay. Like, it, it was a big part of me, like seven years at the club and I was pretty devastated to leave, to be honest. But he kind of said to me, look, the way I'm going, you're not going to be playing. Now, you, you're, it's unlikely you'll be in the team, so uh, you, you might as well go and and see how see how you get on, see if you like it, sort of thing. So I said to Mark Alex, I said, what, what do you think of this? And he's like, well, yeah, let's, let's, we're not going to play. We're not going to play for this new manager. We'll just go. And that's what happened. We went over. And um, we went like we turned up at the club. Obviously, we heard about what was going on and stuff like that. So it was a bit like uncertainty around the club. So you're thinking, I'm coming to a club that you don't know they're going to be around in the next like sort of twelve months. The way things had gone, um, but we didn't really have another option. To be honest, it was just the dust is going loan. And we said, yeah. And we wanted to play first-team football. Uh, we knew Lee Richardson because he'd been at Oldham with us. He was in the first-team, Lee, when me and Mark were coming through the youth system and the reserves and stuff. And um, I respected Lee as a footballer and I liked him. I think he had a part of, partly to do with it because he knew me and Mark. So I thought, yeah, let's let's go. And, and that was it, really. I just turned up and signed for a month and then played my first game right in the way. Is it, is it was it quite hard to is it quite hard to snap yourself out of it when when you don't really want to leave and you're having to go somewhere else? Do you do you find yourself like having to not 
not kind of be a bit of a grump and try and snap yourself out of it? Yeah, I mean, I think from my point of view was he's not really gave me a chance. He, he sort of came in and um, I was on the bench and he was getting on for like 10 minutes here and there. And it was like, you just want you just want the new managers to see you play. Just just let me play four or five games, and then afterwards, if you think I'm not good enough, then fair enough. Now you can let me go. But it wasn't a case of that. It was just a case of like I've not seen you, but I'm bringing these players in, and you're going to go to Chesterfield. Yeah. So it was really frustrating because I felt confident in my own ability that if he saw me play, like even though he'd see me in training and stuff, like because I was always a good trainer anyway, but. It was like let me you know, let me play me in a match, let me see what I'm like. But it, that was never going to happen. Mm. Um, so it was a case of even when I beat at Chesterfield and they offered me a contract, I still went back to Mick Wadsworth and said, "Look, they've offered me a two and a half year contract, but if there is a future at the club, but I was still saying I'd still like like to stay because like I knew Oldham were like go they were they were sort of going to be going for promotion and Chester." The field was sort of down the relegation mm. point of view. So there was a, a chance that we could have been in the division below as well if we got relegated. So it was like, I'm looking at Oldham going that way, Chesterfield going this way. And I'm thinking, they'll want to join a club that are on the way down and uh, they're getting, like, releasing all, all the players who are on big wages. Um, but Mick Wards was sort of said to me, like, take, take it, <laughs> like, take the two and a half year contract. <laughs> so then I just thought, right, there's no, ch- there's no chance of me getting into this team. So I thought, yeah, I'll do that. And I signed, signed, um, signed for Chesterfield. And the, f- yeah. the first official game was against Oldham, where we, we beat them 4 4 2. Yeah. Which was a good feeling. So- <laughs> Edwards. Innes. Burt gets the cross in this time. Hurst was in there. Alec with a shot. Alec again. Yes! This time it's a goal for Chesterfield. Mark Allen, the scorer. And he's delighted with that one. So if we go back to your debut against Brighton, that was a bit of a... I've had Sean Parrish on the podcast who played in that match. And it was a bit of yeah. a feist, feisty one, wasn't it? There was a bit of a history between us and Brighton, obviously, from the season before. Um, right. So, so it was a bit of a feisty one that ended up in kind of fisticuffs in the porter cabins, didn't it, afterwards? Yeah, like, it's, so it's me and Mark Alex's first game, and I remember the first half, I, I wasn't playing that great, and I remember saying to Mark, I said, I'm having a, I'm having a bit of a nightmare here. And he's like, oh, it's all right, just, you'll be fine, just keep playing or whatever. I think we were losing. 2-0 I think it was and then the second half we started playing well and we were doing really well but and because we were getting back into it their manager and players were getting a bit you know, rough with the tackles and the fans were starting to like abuse Nicky Law and then Nicky Law was giving it back to them and then they started like throwing coins at Nicky Law and all that and then the tackles were flying in and eventually I I don't know if I equalised. I don't know if it was me or I made it two one. I can't even. I can't remember. But I think I equalised and it was two two. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, afterwards, like you say, in the porter cabins and stuff, it was all going off. Sean Parrish, he was at the front, uh, <laughs> like getting stuck in everyone. So I think me and Mark are like, what's going on here? Joined the crazy gang. So 
But no, but we actually liked it because I liked it. I thought, well, now good teams, good set, of, good set of lads, good team spirit. Everybody sort of fought for each other, and I, I kind of liked that. Um, so it was good. Um, yeah. Is it is it almost like a good initiation into a squad when you have a game like that to start off with? I mean, it's not like a it's not like a dour boring match, is it? You've got something to get your teeth into to start off with. No, definitely. I mean, obviously, it meant a lot to Nicky Law, and it meant a lot to the players who had previous altercations with Brighton or whatever. So um, I could see it meant a lot to them. So to score the equaliser and to play, to do all right and to be part of that was obviously good for me. Um, a good start for me. Mm-hmm. It helps you to you now fit in with the lads. And then and then home debut, next match, you score again. Um, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> tidy, tidy finish as well. And we must have, we must have thought back at the time that we were buying a replacement for David Reeves or something. <laughs> but you weren't that prolific, were you, it's fair to say? No, no, no. I think it uh, might have been the only two goals I scored for Chesterfield. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. But it was so, a nice um, finish. No, it was a great start for me. And um, yeah, Knox County, I think, was a bit of a derby game. Um, so, and there was a decent crowd there. And um, yeah, we won 2-1. And yeah, it was great. I, and I loved it. The crowd were good. And I remember when I scored, they were singing Nicky, Nicky, sign him up and things like that. So that was a good feeling. Quinn with a little flick. Pierce covers it for Chesterfield. Burt. Still Jamie Burt. Overlapping here is Mark Innes. Innes with the shot. Yes! Chesterfield take the lead. And about time they did as well. They certainly deserved it so far. And it's Mark Innes who gets his second goal in as many games. So, yeah, so the first two games I'd scored two goals. The atmosphere had been good. Um, the lads all seemed like good lads. So I thought, yes, yeah, I was definitely certainly enjoying it. Um, my, my loan spell. Um, but then Nicky Law sort of left then. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that was the weird thing, really. I was looking at... I was looking at your time at the club and it's fair to say like the first three weeks were probably some of the most uh, uh, turbulent up and down. You scored a couple of goals, but then you like you say, Nicky Law goes to Bradford. Yeah. So then do you, do you feel like you might be in a bit of a Mick Wadsworth situation again and someone else coming in and you're like, oh, no, I don't fancy you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was like, I can't believe this. I've just came on loan and I've scored two and two and the manager has brought me here. Is left to go to Bradford, and I'm thinking, oh, what? Yeah, but like, who's going to take over? Like you say, it could be, could be anybody, and they just think, oh no, no, you can go back to Oldham. I'll bring my own players in. Um, so yeah, it was a worrying time. Um, but then David Rushbury <coughs> got offered the job, and um, I think one of the first things he had to do was to sign, get me and Mark Allett to sign. And that was one of his first jobs. So. I remember being in the office with him and they'd offered me a contract and I I'd sort of said, oh, I'll just think about it over the weekend or whatever. And he, he sort of was like, you can't leave this room until you've signed this contract sort of thing. So we kind of had, had to like thrash it out there and then on, in the office. And then I sort of, they made it clear that they wanted me to be there. So that's, that's a big thing. If now a manager wants you there and now they're confident in your ability and, now, they praise you and stuff like that then you, you feel 
feel welcomed and I was happy to sign then, so uh, that's what I did. I think Mark might have signed a bit late. I think he left it a few more weeks, but I, I signed. Were you two in, like, sharing a car then, going going back and forth? Yeah, yeah, me, me shared a car coming through from, like, Manchester area. Like, I lived in Oldham, Mark was Middleton, like, Manchester, so we're only 10 minutes away from each other. So we just shared the car. Um, but it, uh, obviously, it's quite a journey to come for training each day and for matches. And, um, yeah, it wasn't a great journey over the Snake Pass. Now, you got to training some days and you you didn't feel too good. <laughs> so, um, so eventually, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. So, the next season, I moved over to Chesterfield. But Mark, he may, maybe a better traveller than me, but I, it was, I couldn't do it anymore, getting up mm. early and getting to training, feeling stiff and tired. So, I, I moved over the following season. Let's say, like... Snake passes shut half the year because <laughs> of snow. So I know. Been, yeah, there were some scary, snow. scary journeys. Uh, when the weather wasn't great, um, there was a few times where it wasn't shut and we were on the road and it was like, you know, skating on ice um, <laughs> over the top. So it was a few few scary journeys. So I've never really um, <laughs> like had a... I've, I've spoken to plenty of people now about Nicky Law and about uh, Roy McFarland. But not really spoken to anyone about Dave Rushby, so I just wondered what what it was like uh, being under his management. What was what was training like, and what was kind of atmosphere around when he was in charge? Yeah, Dave Rushby was quite a positive person, and um, we always sort of saw the positive side of things. Um, training, I don't know that sort of time. Training to me seemed to be pretty similar between the managers. Mm. You know, you're training the same similar set pieces, shape, five like five sides, eight sides. It was all everything, no matter which manager you had, it was all pretty similar, uh, the training. Um but I didn't I don't play a lot under Dave uh, Rusbury. I did at the start, um, when he first took over that season, but then the next season I'd started and I uh, tore my calf at Luton away. And then that was just a a full season, a nightmare for me. It was injury after injury, so I didn't play too much until the last couple of games when David left um, and Lee Richardson took over and he put me back in the team again. Yeah, um, I was going to mention that because, yeah, in the first season you joined us, I think you played 23 of 24 games or something. I think you only missed maybe, maybe <coughs> excuse me, one match in that yeah. season. But then, like you say, the second season... Like ten games, but you did play in the two 0 win against Mansfield, so you did get a local derby in you. And yeah, uh, yeah, no. derbies and, were good, yeah. And you played in the last two games as well, which was like the try and save us from relegation, wasn't it? Last couple yeah. of games. Well, the I've been injured most of the season with one one thing after another. Came back and done my medial ligament. Um, came back for that, pulled my hamstring. It was just a, it was a complete nightmare. It was horrible. Um, but I remember I was getting myself like fitter again and the team were really struggling and we were in a bad run and we were going to get relegated, like just on a terrible run. And I was begging David David Rushbury to put me back in the team. And he's like, look, Mark, you've missed the whole season, more or less, through injury. Your fitness is not, not, not there sort of thing. I can't put you in. And I was like, like we're going to get relegated. You're going to get relegated now. <laughs> You're losing every game. You get nothing to lose. Just put me, put me back in. Like, 
just desperate to get back in. And eventually, I don't know if he left or got sacked, I can't remember what happened. And then Lee Richardson came in and they sort of had a chat with me and just said, look, are you, like, are you up for this? Like, put, put you back in the team? And I was like, yeah, 100%. Um, to be honest, I wasn't 100%. Like, I, I know I wasn't as fit as I should be. And uh, I'm sort of like playing with one leg for the last two games. But I, I just knew I couldn't. I couldn't sit there and watch the team and not not be part of try to help them to stay up. And um, they put me in Bristol City. We won two 0 at home, and then the last game of the season, Blackpool away. Um, I don't know if we had to get a draw or a win. I'm not sure which one it was, but I know we drew one one and we managed to stay up. So yeah, uh, I could hardly walk at the end of the game, but um, yeah, I managed to play a part in keeping them up, which is good, which is a good feeling. It's a huge afternoon for the Spyrites. They know only a win will guarantee them a place in Division 2 next season, or at least match the results at Cheltenham, who are playing Notts County away oh, this afternoon. by Rees, but he'll only go as far as Richie Wellens. Oh, it's a poor pass, Hurst is in! Oh, it's a great save by Barnes! But it's not, danger's not cleared, Hurst again, back to Douglas, yes, Douglas scores! And Chesterfield take the lead. Wellens goes across to Bullock. Oh, Taylor wants it, edge of the box. Taylor, oh, he's found the corner of the net. Blackpool are back on level terms. And what a soft goal to concede. Well, the news has finally come through. Cheltenham have lost at Notts County. A Danny Allsop goal after 40 minutes was enough for Notts County to beat Cheltenham. And that result also means that Chesterfield will again be playing second division football next season. Is it? I mean, you, you kind of assume that uh, an, an away drawer at Blackpool that keeps you up, that there's some kind of party that will go on in Blackpool after that and that you just uh, cancel the bus and stay in Blackpool. But did you do that or did you just come straight back home? Um, well, my mum and dad had came down from Scotland to watch it, um, and I think they were staying in Oldham with me. So um, I kind of got wet back in the car with them, but we did stop off in a, a bar in um, Blackpool, and it was full of Chesterfield fans. So I went in there, and that was that was good. I just had spent an hour in there, and there was a like good sing along, and I think a lot all the Chesterfield fans were staying over in Blackpool that night. It's obviously a good a good away day, uh, especially when you you, know, you draw or whatever to stay up. Um, so that was a good hour in that bar with the, the fans, and then yeah, I just went I just went home back to Oldham that night. With my mum and dad, um, I couldn't go out with my mum and dad partying in Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I suppose not. <laughs> um, I suppose we should for for fans that don't remember you because they're too young, um, or they can't remember back twenty years. Um, Tell us what kind of player you were and what, which position you liked playing in most. Yeah, well, I was left-sided player, so um, mainly I was left midfield um, to start with. Um, I'd say I was quite a skillful uh, player. Um, I liked to pass the ball, keep possession of the ball. Um, but I had pace over like 10 yards, sort of burst the pace, but then I couldn't sustain it for like 20, 30 so if I could beat a player on the left, I wouldn't be able to bust away from him and get away from him like 
a bail or gigs or whatever, like, and that was my down, that was my biggest downfall, really. So, eventually, I sort of moved into central midfield, which I really enjoyed. Um, get a lot of get a lot of the ball, and um, I just tried to keep the ball really, keep possession, pass and move was my kind of game, pass and move, and uh, try and keep the ball, but also try and rat like rat around midfield and win a few tackles, and then I also played left back um, for quite a few games, which I, I felt really comfortable at left back. I found it the easiest position to play in. Um, very rarely you, you come against a very, very good right winger where you've caused you a lot of trouble. So you can see the whole game in front of you. So I enjoyed left back as well. So yeah, left back, left midfield, central midfield. Is it, I've always wondered: is it uh, is it an advantage being a left footer? Like, do you think because there's obviously less of them around? Do you do you think it, like when it isn't, you're a isn't. player, you you can you can get ahead of the game a bit being a left footer. Well, yeah, I mean, it helps in a way that there's not many left footers, so you kind of do, people might think, oh, there's more chance of getting a game because you're a left-sided player. Um, but also because I was a versatile left footer, it also, I suppose, didn't help me sometimes. Like, I'd be comfortable in centre midfield, I'd be getting a run in the team, and then a left midfield, I might get injured. So then, I have to go to the left, and then I sort of lose my central position, or some the left back gets injured. So, well, we'll put Mark left back, and then we'll put somebody else centre, and then you end up you can lose your position if you like because somebody comes in does a good job, and then you do a good job, but then the left backs the normal left backs fit again, and then he comes back in, and you're out the team. So, I don't know. So it's got its benefits, and then other times it hasn't because you kind of just get thrown anywhere on the left. Like, yeah, just to help out a team, sort of thing. And and I've remembered occasions as well where we've had like two left footers in centre midfield, and everyone's like, you can't have two left footers in centre midfield. But everyone kind of doesn't bat an eyelid if you have two right footers in centre midfield. <laughs> no, and now the, now a lot of the times they play like right footed players on the left and left footed players on the right, cutting inside and things like that. That's a lot more pop- popular these days. Yeah. Um. So then, season number, season number three. So, um, so Roy McFarland comes in now, doesn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. Roy came in at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's obviously a bit of a a bit of a legend as a footballer. But I I imagine having Lee Richardson as number two as well with the kind of relationship you you had with him kind of helped a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Lee said to me, I don't know how. I know Lee was into his psychology, so I'm not so not sure how true it is, but he sort of said to me, Oh, Roy McFarland watched the last couple of games and uh, he says you were one of the best players in the team and all that. But I don't know if he was saying that because I've been injured all season, it was a psychology thing to, to make I don't know, I don't know, but so then I felt, Oh, that's good. So the new manager was coming in and he seemed to like 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 what he saw already. So that gave me a lot of confidence when it came to training. And things like that. So, but I always did train well anyway. So they saw me in training, and then um, saw me play the last couple of games, and then he came in and yeah, I, I liked him. I liked him from the start. He was very straight talking, honest, sort of upfront with you. Told you how it was, which I liked. You now he didn't sneak behind your back, and he sort of told you if you if you weren't playing, why you weren't playing. If you did, if you were playing, why you were playing, and that's what I liked. So. Um, 
yeah, very nothing flashy, just nice and simple. Kept the game simple, and um, but he spoke. He was a good man manager. He spoke well. Like spoke to people well. Like it made you feel made you feel good as well. Yeah, and it and it's funny really because that that time under his management is probably one of the most fondly remembered. I think amongst a lot of fans. Um, right. Just because he had a knack of signing uh, quite fun players as well. Yeah, yeah. There was no, there's some good lads, and um, I think he brought Ian Everton, in, who obviously did really well. Um, and like you say, Cham and Toya. I think that's the way Chesterfield were going for a while. They were bringing in a lot of um, sort of Premier League young lads who were not quite in the first team, but thereabouts. That was the sort of way they were going. And um, and I think they, they managed to recruit quite well um, with the players that they did bring in. Um, the younger lads, hungry, want, want to be playing first-team football. And, and that's what it was. We're all young lads and we're all desperate to play games. And um, we had a good team spirit. We got along and on and off the pitch. We had, there was many nights out in Chesterfield. I remember many many nights, uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays. So, yeah. No, it was good. It was a good good team spirit. And um, I, I did really enjoy it. I mean, apart from the injuries I had, which are horrible for any player to go through, um, I loved my time at Chesterfield. I liked the town. Um, I liked the people. And, and it was good. It was a good... I mean, our expectations are... We had to try and just stay in the league. I think that was realistically it was can we stay in the league, and we achieved that when when I was there anyway. We we, we managed to stay in in League One, is it called now? Like league One. Um, if we got near the playoffs or whatever, which we did, we floated around it now and then at certain points of the season. But we were never going to be um, that sort of playoff or promotion team. Um, and the club just wasn't sort of big enough or didn't have that calibre player really um, to kind of go for go for yeah. playoffs or, or promotion. Yeah, it was definitely that age in the club where it was like, let's try and let's try and stay in this league for a few years and then see what yeah. will happen after that. Um, one thing I did want to mention, which is really important, you have a team good team spirit when you lose seven <laughs> nil. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to Alan O'Hare about this, and I think it was like five nil after fifteen minutes or something. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, absolute madness. I've I've never experienced a seven 0 defeat like ever. Like, I don't think at youth level, um, semi professional. When I went semi professional, I've never experienced a seven 0 defeat. And when you're a professional footballer, to get to be, to get beat seven 0 was pretty hard to take um, for all of us. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of tension. I remember the week after, it was a lot of tension. And training, and um, I remember uh, I went Mark Allen, uh, not Mark Allen, Mark Hudson closed me down, and I sort of stepped by him, and he sort of like pulled my shot back, and um, I sort of like kicked him up the backside, and then he turned around and started throwing punches, and the twos were just scrapping on the on the, you know, on the training ground, and I just think it was the frustration from the seven 0 at the weekend, um, because. We're just so I think we're just so angry, like we can't, couldn't believe we'd been beat seven nil. Um, and I remember that the, the next day, uh, David Reeves sort of mellowed it all down again. The next day, I remember the, the music was blaring, 
what's that noise? It was the Rocky theme tune. And he walks in with the biggest pair of boxing gloves, like you'll ever see these big sort of inflatable ones. And the, the Rocky music's on, he's like, right, come on, who's next? And all that. And it just sort of like, sort of released the tension, just him doing that, because we were so serious that week. Everybody was so serious and training and very snappy at each other and very angry. And um, that sort of got us back to like, come on, let's, let's, uh, Let's concentrate on the next game. I think we won the next game. I think we we were we beat. I can't remember. It was Wrexham or something. Two one the next game. So we definitely bounced back from the seven 0 defeat. Yeah. When you're playing in a match like that, do you just want it to end? Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I remember one thing. It was Mark Allen. I don't think he's, he'll ever do this again. He he, he beat like five players he went on amazing he beat like five players it was like unbelievable and he shot for like 30 yards it was flying in the top corner I think the keeper must have saved it that's about the only thing I remember that we did well that day um, Mark Allett doing that dribble and everything else was just terrible just I mean I think they won the league that year Plymouth I think they won the league easy that season they were a very good team but no seven nils no it's not good <laughs> Building towards Frio, and that finishes it off. David Frio gets the hat-trick. And Argyle finally get a seven. There's two minutes of the second half remaining. Well, there was, like, we, we drew at Wednesday as well that, that season, I think. I think there was, like, a nil-nil at, at Wednesday. So there were some, uh, you kind of went the other way and had some really good results at the same time, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, Wednesday, a big, massive club in that league. Um, I think that day there was like over 25,000 fans there. And um, so that was a good day to go there. Again, they were one of the favourites to win the league. Massive crowd. Yeah, we drew 0-0. And yeah, we definitely held our own and we got some you know, big results against bigger teams. Um, it's just consistency in that league. It's just about keeping the consistency. It also helps if you've got like the, the top sort of top class strikers in your team at that level. I think that definitely helps. Mm. Yeah. And and um and another thing I wanted to mention as well that season was the four four draw with Grimsby, which was a bit of a a bit of an epic to and fro match. And it was obviously getting to that end point of the season where it was about about staying up. Um you got sent off in that match, but it was really it was a really unlucky second yellow, I thought. I know I got two yellows and I get sent off but I can't I don't know if one of them was a bit silly I don't know if I kicked the ball away or something that might have been the other one I'm not sure um, but I can't remember what, uh, what you uh, if it was me or Derek Niven the foul um, I just remember getting sent off and going in the changing rooms and not feeling too good about it What's it What's it like as a player when you do get sent off do you just do you have a shower or do you just sit there in your kit what, what do you do? You sort of stand in the tunnel and listen to the crowd and you try to hear because you don't want to let the team down so you've been sent off and uh, I don't know what the score was at the time when I got sent off I can't remember um, but you're worried that if the team lose now you're going to get it when <laughs> when all the players come in the manager comes in now you the blame's going to be heading you away especially if you've been sent off for something silly mm. 
I remember getting sent off at Barnsley away, and um, we were on a good run in the 04 or 05 season, I think it was. And um, it was nil nil. And the striker, Daniel Nardiello, I think he was called, we were in the box and I was marking him, and he, he just like stamped on my shin, like proper stamped on him. He was facing the other way. And then your reaction straight away, your head just, I just like booted him, like just my natural reaction. Somebody stamped on me. And then the linesman's flagging. You're like, oh no. Of course, he didn't see the stamp that he did on me, but he saw me kicking him, and then that was that red card. Um, but the Chesterfield fans, they were all like clapping me and all that cheering, and I thought, this is a bit weird. <laughs> so they, they were all right getting when I got sent off, but then we lost 1 0, and I was thinking, oh no, and they might not be cheering anymore, <laughs> like <laughs> at the end of it. Um, <laughs> and the players came in, but I mean, these things happen like it's just a reaction somebody stamps on you like that I don't know I know you need to try and keep your head but it's hard sometimes <laughs> yes yeah, so, so and then you didn't play the last uh, couple of games but it was another season where it was like an escape from relegation on the last day of the season so you were I mean how many seasons in your career did you do that <laughs> it would have been sounds like a lot eh? um, well it must have been three then it must have been one for Oldham Um and then two for Chesterfield. Um, was it Luton Town and the Tosti score? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can't remember if I was on. The, I think I was on the bench. I don't think I got on. I think I was on the bench and Tosti scored with a few minutes to go. Was it? Mm. Yeah, it was like a last minute. Yeah, all the yeah, crowd, crowd, the crowd yeah. ran on the pitch and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, and yeah, you played quite a lot of your career, didn't you? In in like that league so you were pretty uh pretty consistent like league one performer weren't you for a few different clubs yeah yeah that that was yeah, the level i played it all my professional career was league one um when i was younger yeah i thought i had a few opportunities i thought i was going to go to the championship with a few clubs who um shown interest in me andy ritchie <clears throat> there was a few inquiries from a few championship clubs but it never materialised for whatever reason. Um, and yeah, I, I, like I could have went a league below as well. When I moved to Port Vale, I could have moved to a few clubs in the league below, but I always wanted to stay the highest division you can. Now, even though I've been offered, like, you get offered more, I got offered more money to, to drop a league and a longer contract. But as a player, you just want to play as high as you can for as long as you can, the highest division. And that's what it was like for me. I just... Um, it just seemed the way it worked out. I was just in League One all the time, sort of thing. Yeah, and then and then yeah. So you left Chesterfield, didn't you, at the end of that 0405 season? So you had a good four seasons with us. I think about seventy, what seventy three appearances, league appearances. I think. Uh, oh no, seventy right. something appearances. Um, yeah, it should have should have been double that if it wasn't for injuries. It would have been double that, I'd imagine. But yeah, no, I mean. That season I'd started, um, my final season at the club, I was sort of ever-present to start of the season. We started really well, actually. I think we were in the top sort of eight or top, yeah. Yeah, top eight or something like that. The first seven or eight games and I was a regular playing central midfield with Derek Nevin. We had some good results. I went to Bradford. I remember losing 2-0 and we won 3-2. Um, Caleb, I think, scored a couple of goals mm-hmm. in the last few minutes. And um I was getting a good run in the team. But then I think it was that Barnsley game I got sent off. And then 
it was three games then I was suspended for because it was a straight red. And then you're out the team for three games or maybe it was maybe five games. And then when I came back, I was sort of three games here, a couple of games, sub three games. I was sort of in and out. And then the week before, Roy McFarlane said, like, I was no longer going to play at the club. But I'd played, I'd played against Peterborough at home. And I actually thought I played well. I thought I had a good game. Uh, we lost 3-1, but as I said, I was probably one of the better players. It was a good, I played well. And then there was no sign that I would believe in the club. Um, Friday, I was supposed to go to Torquay on the Saturday after the Peterborough game. And then Roy McFarlane phoned me on Friday night, phoned me at the house and just said, uh, look, Mark, um, uh, we, we don't need you to travel. You're not going to travel tomorrow down with the squad and then uh, come and meet me on Monday. I want to talk about your future. I was like, all right, okay. I didn't really dwell on the conversation. I just went, right, okay. And then I was just like, what's going on here? And I'm trying to think, what have I done? Have I done something? So try trying to think, what's happened here? And I knew something, when the manager phones you up and says that to you, you knew something's not, not, not right. So then I go in on Monday and he's, he sort of said, look, um, now you know, like we're no longer going to play in, in the team. And um, I think they were bringing in a boy called Jamie McMaster. I think he was coming in from Sheffield Wednesday. So I think he was going to come in. So therefore he was sort of saying to me, he's going to play and you're not going to play sort of thing. So we're going to, he was, he was good about it though. I mean, I didn't like the way he phoned me on a Friday night. I didn't like that. So I wasn't happy about that. I said that to him. Like, he could have told me on a Friday, face-to-face. Now, you don't phone someone on a Friday night before the game and say, I'll meet you, I'll talk about your future on Monday. So that's about the one thing I didn't like about Roy McFarlane was that that moment. But yeah. once he had a conversation with me, he was like, look, you're a, you're a good player. I'm sure you'll get another club, no problem. And we'll help you to get another club. And um We'll pay you up the rest of your wages and all that. So he was, he was, he was really good with me. Um, and then a few clubs came in, and eventually I went to Port Vale um, till the end of that season. And then they offered me. I done well enough when I was there till the end of that season. They offered me another year. So yeah, that was that's that's how I left. It's weird. I mean, everyone, everyone probably knows the person in the office that has the. The email that they really don't want to send, so they save it until four fifty nine on a Friday to send it yeah. and put their out of office on. Which is a bit harsh, isn't it, on a on a Friday night to do something like that? So yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate that. I'd like to face to face on the Friday, but he sort of says, "Well, I'm telling you." I said, "You could have told me Friday, but well, I'm telling you now." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so. <laughs> So I wanted to skip on a little bit, if that's all right, because um, I think it was when you were on, I think it was after Port Vale, you were on trial at St Mirren, I think, and you got yeah. a, you got a bad injury, didn't you, um, when you were on trial? And then that kind of... Yeah, ended... I ruptured my Achilles, yeah. So then that kind of ended in you retraining as a tiler, didn't it, thanks to the PFA? Yeah, yeah, I was at St Mirren and they were in the Scottish Premier League and... I've obviously been away from home since I was 15 and um, thought, wow, this is a great opportunity. Growing up, I wanted to play in the Scottish Premier League. So I went up to St Mirren on trial. It was going really, really well. Played a few games. 
it was all it was a case of like agent was like right how many years are we going to ask for what what wages are we going to ask for it was like and then literally like maybe a few days before I think we were going to get a contract together I'd start my Achilles and training like here we go again my contract had just expired from Port Vale two weeks previously so if you're under contract and you snap your Achilles you get like sort of lump sums paid out and all that but two weeks later my like it was after my contract it just ended two weeks after so I was sort of like no contract no money um, St Mirren were great they said look we'll give you rehabilitation for the full year I'd only been there two weeks but they said we'll rehabilitate you for the full you know, the full season like that's no problem so I had to sort of leave <coughs> leave my house in Oldham my wife got a job she wasn't my wife yet. My fiance had got a job up in Scotland, and she moved up with me. And we were just, I was like living in incapacity benefits for like ten months, and um, I was getting no money. I was going into St Mirren every day, getting getting rehab, and obviously it was a bad injury. It snapped my Achilles, so I had to think, right, what am I going to do for my future now? Um, I've been in the gym a lot with my injuries, so. My first thing I did was a fitness instructing course, so the PFA helped me with that. So I'd done a fitness instructing course when I was in Scotland. And then I got back fit again. I was on trials at Stockport County. And then Hyde United, they were in the Conference North, and they were going for promotion. Um, they had a great squad. They were paying silly money for like two nights a week training, or one night a week training, the game on Saturday. And I just thought, I wasn't as fit as I used to be after the injuries I'd had and then the Achilles getting snapped. I knew I wasn't at the same fitness levels. So I kind of had to make the decision right. I can go to Hyde for two years. It's a good deal, good money. And I'll try and get a trade under my belt for the future. So I don't know why, why I chose Thailand. I don't even, I can't even remember why. I just, <laughs> me and my friend Matthew Tipton, who also played uh, for a few clubs, Macclesfield Ferry. Yeah. yeah. So I said, right, let's. He was at Hyde United as well. And we said, right, well, let's. We'll do a few courses, Thailand courses. So we went on these courses. I went on one course that was like two weeks, and then just started like advertising. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing, <laughs> and then we went out into the world and uh, learned the hard way. I think in a few jobs, <laughs> made a few mistakes. <laughs> said, right, okay. Matthew decided it wasn't for him, and I sort of went alone. But I did a proper like intense six-week course and then um, I was a far better Tyler after it and I sort of went on, on my own and then um, but I just wasn't I wasn't fast enough so I wasn't earning the money I should be earning a Tyler would take three days a professional Tyler and I was taking six days the job was good but I was just too slow at it and I didn't really want to be stuck in a bathroom um, for the rest of my life four walls so I sort of Stopped that and started going down the coaching route and started getting my badges, all my different badges. And uh, joined Rochdale, um, the academy at Rochdale, under 15s. And then just started doing all my different levels and coaches and then eventually uh, set up my own uh, football academy. Yeah. And, and what's, it, what's it like, that life as a, life as a part-time, part-time footballer? You know, is it, is the... Because obviously you played for Hyde, didn't you? And you played for New Mills as well. I think you got a promotion with them. Um, and yeah. played for like a few clubs at that level. Is it is it still 
like that that burning desire to play at three o'clock on a Saturday. Is it still is it still the same as like early in your career? Yeah, it was for me. I like I have, but I just I always have butterflies for any game, like whether it's for New Mills or whether it was for Chesterfield against Sheffield Wednesday, whatever. I always I always when it comes to a game, I always had that now that same feeling, um, that same sort of buzz around travelling to the ground and warming up, playing the match. And I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. Hyde United enjoyed it. New Mills. And, I, and the, now the lads are great. And you know, we, we won a lot of games as well. So that helps when you're winning games and you're playing well. And So I really, I, I really enjoyed it as a semi-professional. And also, you've not got that intensity. It helped me because when I trained every single day, my my body just couldn't take it. I don't know. It, it just couldn't take it. I don't know if I just played too much when I was too young. It might have been that was the case. Um, so that one night a week or two nights a week training uh, was great for me. And that I didn't you know, I didn't get that many injuries then when I went semi-professional. I sort of relative stayed fit most of the time. You then moved into coaching, didn't you? So you've got your own like, little... Um coaching setup now and it's kind of really really young kids isn't it up to like teenage level yeah yeah we do as young as 20 months 20 months believe it or not <laughs> um so yeah we've got like a toddler academy um from like like 20 months to six year old um and then i do like a junior academy six to 12 year olds and i do like one-to-one sessions and different things summer camps and things like that so no, I'm really enjoying that. I started six years ago and it's it's just grown and it's been great and I've loved it. It's been brilliant. So it keeps me involved in football uh, and it's great to see the kids developing and enjoying it. And that, that is the main thing. The main thing about our sessions is enjoyment. Um, if I know the children come and they enjoy it and they want to come back, now that, that's the best feeling for me. Yeah. That's um, no, going well. Yeah, and it's, it's funny actually because I spoke to Regan Hutchinson, who was one of the really young players we've had as part of the Chesterfield squad the last couple of years. And he was talking about how it's really, really serious um, now going up through those academies. And he was talking about, you know, being a 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old and, you know, going to Sheffield Wednesday and it being really, really serious. Yeah. And he kind of, he kind of regretted not, uh, not having the fun side of it. <laughs> right. So, so I suppose that's really important, isn't it, that you keep the fun in it all. Yeah, because I mean, when I was at Rochdale under 15s, it was it was like really serious. Now, at, at academy level, professional academy level, it was like so serious. And um, and then when I just started coaching for myself, and I chose I choose the sessions and what they're like, and I always make sure that it's fun because that's what football is all about. Like. I mean, you look at statistics, if people look into it, parents think their children are going to be the next Messi. Um, a lot of parents think that, but when you look at the statistics, it's like 1% of players might might have a career or might get to a professional level. It's a very small, but so the main thing is is that you play to enjoy the game. That's that's what it's all about. It doesn't matter what level you're playing at. Like, if you just love playing football, you know, that's the most important thing and just love the camaraderie with your friends and social side of it as well and that's what it's that's what it's all about and like we never say 
or come to my academy and I'll make sure that you, you're going to make it as a professional and I'll get you in at this club and that club and all that sort of stuff. It's just come and enjoy yourself. And the kids seem to do that and, and that gives me a good feeling, that gives me a buzz. Yeah. And um, I, I suppose you're not you're not showing those like three and four-year-olds your, your red card against Barnsley or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>, today's session. <laughs> no, no, definitely. It's... Uh, very themed storytelling type for that for that age group, um, but yeah, no, it, it's been great. I've enjoyed it, and um, like I say, it's going well. And uh, long may it, may it continue. What's What's it been like the last year? Has it been pretty? Because I imagine you've not been able to do much of it over the last year. Yeah, it's been really hard, especially with you now the facilities that we use, uh, mainly schools, three G pitches and, and our indoor three G pitches. And they've all been closed. So, and then, so for a while, I was sort of on a field uh, near my home, and it was like you're allowed six children outside, but socially distanced. So, we couldn't do any tackling. It was just ball skills. And they all kind of had to set it up so that it was sort of spaced out as they were dribbling and <laughs> passing and all these different things we were doing. Um, just to keep ticking over and to keep the kids engaged as well. So you just had to adapt to the situation that we were in. And but there's been obviously plenty of months where I've not had anything at all, like nothing coming in. It's been tough. Mm. Uh, but it's been tough. For, it's been tough for everyone, isn't it? So yeah, um, doesn't matter who you are. It's been hard, but we're back back into the swing of things again, and hopefully. Yeah, I think Boris announced tonight there's a few more relaxations um, yeah. coming ahead. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, good news. Final question, I suppose, is I wondered if if working with kids that are really young and working on really the fun of football, does that give you an... Uh, and especially the fact as well that you know uh, that not many kids are going to make it. Does that give you a, like a newfound appreciation of what what you managed to do in your career? Yeah, of course, yeah. I think most kids, especially after watching England now, now getting to the final of the Euros, it's going to inspire them um, you know, to take up football. And I think every kid's dream is to get to play at the Euros for England. Um, and that's what you that's what you want to do. That, that now that's your dream. But the fact I did manage to play professional, which was my dream growing up, that's all I ever wanted to do when I was at school. Uh, basically look out the window all day daydreaming about being a professional footballer. That's all I ever wanted to do. And um, to be able to do that was, was fantastic. And no, definitely. I mean, sometimes you look back and you think, could it have gone better than it did? Or, but it could have gone a lot worse as well. So yeah, I, I look back and I go, yeah, I'll take what, I'll take what happened. And then um, I enjoyed it. It was a great experience. And now you, you're on to the next stage here your life but no I loved it I loved every minute it was it was good